You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Welcome to Two Guys Talking Wine. I'm joined by my co-host Michael Pincus and uh, in one of the rare occasions we are in the same room. We are in the same room and I am here with Drunken Pru. I'm not that drunk. <laughs> okay, we, I'm not going to lie. We've so we we've we've, uh, we've been to a tasting earlier today, the yeah. New Zealand tasting, which yeah. is actually the reason that we're podcasting in, here in the same room. Yeah, and, uh, and you cooked chicken tonight for dinner, which was I, I have to be honest, it was very good. I I watched you handle chicken and it scared the crap out of me, <laughs> but the chicken was okay. And if I get sick, I guess I get sick at home. Uh, so that's fine. And um. So there's been New Zealand wine, and then uh, we opened two bottles. Uh, yes. Andre opened one of his choice, and I opened one of mine. So I guess I'll let you talk about the wine you opened. Um, actually, in anticipation of a trip that I'm taking later on this summer to uh, Oregon. Which we will be podcasting about. Hopefully live on location, but we'll see whether the technology allows us to do it. We, uh, I got a bottle from La Crema which we've talked about before on the podcast, yep. uh, from the Willamette Valley from Oregon, their uh, Oregon Pinot Noir, which uh, was a little surprising. And I, I I think we're both in agreement on this, that it's it's interesting because the fruit is a little warm. It's a little warm. It's more front and center. I, I like this wine. I uh, did too. I, I, I need to put that straight up because I'm a little critical of heavier more full-bodied pinot noir but this is not full-bodied pinot noir even though it's it's drinking like it wants to be my my thought was that it was very california in fruit but very oregon in in acidity and balance the acidity was the highlight on this wine the alcohol is at 14 and a half percent which puts it into california territory didn't taste 14 and a half no um and to be honest, if California Pinot could hold on to its acidity acidity like this, I would probably drink more California Pinot. So um, my hat's off once again to La Crema, and I think uh, the winemaker is from Niagara. I, and, she, I think she went to Brock, if I'm um, not mistaken. Now that we've started doing interviews, uh, if you listen to the last podcast, it was our interview with Donald Zeraldo. So maybe we'll track down the winemaker from La Crema to talk to her about how someone from Niagara ends up in California slash Oregon. Making Pinot. Making Pinots and Chardonnays because La Crema, that's what they're known for. Very good Pinot and Chardonnay, too. I think so, too. What did uh, you, you open up? Where I I'm... opened up. Well, I brought along a Montez Alpha 2012 Cabernet Sauvignon. And while you were talking about the alcohol from the Oregon Pinot, I looked at this Calif- uh, sorry, this Chilean... A cab, and I thought was well, that a Freudian slip? I guess so, because I'm looking at it, and it's 14. percent Doesn't taste like it. it. Does again, doesn't taste 14, percent you know. But this is a fabulous cab uh, from Montez. I, I I just love this one. I love that mint characteristic. Yes. I love that dark fruit. But the thing is, like the the fruit is really front and center. But I think the crazy thing about this wine is, even though it has the structure. Uh, you and I both talked off the microphone. If you want to buy an affordable wine that will age for a decade, pick up a few bottles of this, put it on its side 20. in a cool, a cool dark place, 20, and twenty bucks. My yep. uh, my 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 niece and soon to be nephew are are getting married, and they said, "What can we put down to um, uh, that'll go a decade?" And I said, "This this will easily go a decade." It's a 2012, and it's the first time that Montez Alpha has been uh, dry farmed. And I, I, we can save this for another podcast, but just sort of the the things wineries say to make it sound 
like they're doing something that's a big deal when it's really common sense. Yeah, this just makes this makes a it's lot sort of, of like they're, they're, I guess, Sa- save on water yes. and get better fruit. Like like long story short is instead of using irrigation in a place that's really dry, they've they've pulled the irrigation back. Yep. You pull back on the the chemicals that you're using in the vineyard, and, you, and hey, you end up with a lower fruit yield, but and a better concentration really of fruit. Good fruit. Yeah, this is just it. Really is. The 2012 fabulous bottle, and I know the 2013 is coming out. Haven't tried it yet. I, I don't know if they're listening. The I don't know if they're listening in in Chile, but I know you and I have both met the winemaker Aurelio. Aurelio Montes. Yep. Uh, hats off to him for making this great yes. wine, and thank you for making it 20 bucks. It is. Yeah, it's an unbelievable great value, and here in Ontario, every so often it'll go on sale two, three bucks off. That's usually when I stock up on it because it is it is the wine but but have. even at twenty bucks it's it still something like value. buy a nice steak, put it on the grill, serve it rare, went Me- well, medium well rare barbe- if you have to. It went well with your your tomaine barbecue chicken. I that was it. You know what? It was just chicken and a, a barbecue sauce. Uh, yeah. It was the bark barbecue sauce, yeah. and uh, and some Frank's red hot on some of the chicken. So we did half bark, half yeah. half uh, Frank's, and, and, it was, and it was very good. Okay, and, so and rice roni, the San Francisco treat. I, think I know. Okay, I don't often cook from a box, but I mean, it's hard to mess with uh, rice roni. I hope they have a Twitter account. It is the San Francisco treat, after all. So today, as yes, we mentioned, on. oh wait, you you set this up, and I'm going to go get another oh, bottle. From oh, the that's right. Uh, Andre is now going to get our third bottle of wine of the evening, our third full bottle. Uh, we didn't drink everything from uh, New Zealand. At least I didn't. I spat. I think Andre did uh, did not. But I did not. Uh, as I, as I mentioned that we were at the New Zealand wine tasting uh, all day, and uh, everybody knows that New Zealand is all about Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it makes up a very high percentage of what they okay, export okay, okay. and what they make. Can, can, we drop the C? can we drop the C? You just say Blanc. You wouldn't say Blanc. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mr. French here. You say Blanc. But most, Sauvignon Blanc. But most people will still say the C. I'm going to say they still say the C. Well, here's a fun fact. Fun fact. Most people. We got to get some music for fun facts. Most people are wrong. Dun da da. I don't know. We need some sort of music. Andre's got to look into that. So he's pouring. Uh, I guess we're gonna we're gonna taste live on air. We don't very often taste live on air before we get to the New Zealand tasting that we're at. Okay. So this is underdog. What is? Yeah, this? I had a chance to taste some wines uh, from Adamo at a Ufeast event um, at the Indian Street Food Company. Fantastic food, by the way, but uh, I was sitting with, um, with one of the people from Adamo, but we were talking about the wines, and the thing is, the dog on it, it's a wiener dog. Oh, I like wiener dogs. And I'm a bit of a sucker for a label with a dog on it. Because As most people are. That's why, that's why animal labels make uh, a splash. I'm a dog lover. Like, right from our dining table, we can see a picture of Henry, my little a-hole of a dog, Staring at us, and he's wandering around here somewhere. No, he's on the bed in the oh, bedroom, like he's staring at us. Hi, yep, he's air checking us. All right, so we're gonna actually. This is the first time we've ever tasted something live on air, yep. and we're hoping to do this a little more. So this is the Adamo from 2012. So no, 2014. 2014 okay. Underdog Rosé, and do we know the grape varieties on this one? I believe it's Gamay and or Pinot. Okay, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's made by um, Jonas Newman from uh, Hinterland. Jonas is overseeing the winemaking, and they've now hired Shauna White. Oh, really? Okay, very interesting. From uh, Ravine at one point. And comes to Ontario via Road 13 in BC, so definitely, definitely has some skills. 
All right. How long have you had it in the fridge? I'm going to ask that question. Uh, all day. All day. Okay. It's, so, it's, it's really cold. Oh, this is that really fridge cold. temperature. So the, uh, I, I'm not picking up much from the nose. Uh, maybe a little bit of cherry. Maybe a little raspberry. Yeah, I'm still getting cherry and strawberry. Okay. I missed my mouth. But yeah, it's quite pleasant. A little bit of sweetness to it. Still balanced with good acidity. Yeah. Here's the thing: is when you have a rosé that's fermented. I hate to ask, do you have a price on that? Uh, I believe I know, it's under I'm, twenty. I know I'm putting him on the on the spot. Cherry comes through, a little bit of cranberry. Cranberries when we're getting on the nose yeah, too. Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely dry though. I, I I expected this to be a little bit more sweet, but uh, there's a dryness and an acidity that really comes through on this thing. Well, here's the thing about Ontario rosé, and I, I've been talking for a few years now about how rosé has been getting the serious treatment. But the thing is. When you ferment a wine right down to, like, no sugar, uh, a rosé down to no sugar, I find it kills the fruit. Yeah. It, it'll make it taste uh, tart and citrus, where what you really want when you get a pink wine is, like, the strawberry and the raspberry and some of those red fruit flavors without it getting too, too heavy. Well, see, I always, you know what, I always love talking to people and finding out, you know, uh, when you read the back label of a wine. And it'll say things like, and, I, and I'm going to read right off the back label here. It says aromas of strawberry, sour cherry, candy floss, and rose petal. Uh, I don't get the candy floss. I don't know where the candy floss comes from. I don't get the rose petal. And you don't get the rose petal. But I think the strawberry. But but someone someone did, yeah. Yeah. So at some point somebody did. But I think this is this is more than acceptable bottle of um, of rose. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go uh, three and a half for me. Uh, this is a three and a half, a three and a half plus for me. I'm oh, still trying to pull the price up on it because as we've talked about, price does have a bit of an influence. I, I imagine this is under $20. I'd have to believe so. Yeah, that's not bad. That's something I would, uh, I would happily serve. Okay. So we are going to talk, uh, New Zealand, uh, tonight. Now that we've, uh, we've talked Oregon. Now that we've talked Chile. Now that we've talked Ontario. We are now going to talk New Zealand. We were both at a New Zealand tasting today. And um, I have picked out a top five of the wines that I really enjoyed from this tasting. But you have a different take on it because that's not what you were looking for. Well, here's the thing. is I went there, I know what New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc tastes like. And I didn't really need to taste much more of it. I was pleasantly surprised at a few tables today. And I'm going to have to go through some of my photos to see which ones were surprises to me. But um, for me, it was a story of Pinot Noir. Uh, well, there were the, a lot the second of grape. That's the second grape that they really are making. But I mean, here's the thing: is uh, I recently went to a tasting that was hosted by the Wine Writers Circle of, of Canada for New Zealand, and there was a lot of Chardonnay, there was a lot of Sauvignon Blanc, and there was a lot of Pinot Noir. And what I found from the Pinot Noir was a lot of uh, what I would only describe as Californian. Uh, you know, it's like eating a jar of Smucker's Jam without the sugar. Like these are wines that are fermented dry, but it's just like big jammy, like. But that is a good jam. Like let's, I want to. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with Smuckers, but I mean, when you're drinking a bottle of wine, you don't want, no. you know, a, like a, a, you don't want it to taste like Smuckers jam, unless that's what you're looking for. But I mean, with and, and if you have a piece of, to, of of good toast. Yeah, absolutely, good toast and Smuckers. Yeah. But, I mean, these are wines where, like, the fruit flavors... I mean, when you talk about Pinot, and, and you and I, we drink a lot of Ontario wine. We drink a lot of French wine. We expect Pinot to be light and delicate and, you know, high, high acidity. 
you know, these gorgeous fruit flavors or floral flavors, but to be rounded out with this nice acidity on the finish. And when you get to California, you end up with these wines that are just, they will kick you in the face. They taste a lot like Merlot. And, and here's the thing is, I get it. I get that there's a market for it. I get that people like it. But for those of us who live in Ontario and prefer cool climate wines, it's definitely not for you. If you love Burgundy and you love Ontario and you're looking for a Pinot Noir and you pick up a bottle of Californian or New Zealand, generally you're going to be disappointed. And I have to say generally because at the tasting today, I was stunned. I was stunned at the quality of the Pinot Noir that was being poured. I think New Zealand is making great Pinot Noir. I usually go to these tastings and they hear, they come every year. And I totally don't taste Sauvignon Blanc, which believe it or not takes about half the tasting away for me. And um, they had a seminar today uh, for Sauvignon Blancs. They poured, I know you weren't there for it, but they poured 17 different Sauvignon Blancs. And what I, what I learned about Sauvignon Blanc is that New Zealand is changing. It's not just about, you know, that gooseberry grapefruit um, and grassy. They okay, are grassy. Cha- grassy changing. is the key word, though, because for the Sauvignon Blanc that I tasted today, I find when we go to these vintages tasting panels, and you know what? I'm not going to pick on any particular brand because there's so many that are guilty of this. It's They've got that really strong bell pepper note. It's a really strong note of underripe fruit. And if you don't drink a lot of wine, that's fine. For some people, you will get accustomed to it, and it's what you like. And the thing is, it's really, really strong when you taste it. But New Zealand is has kind of taken it to the extreme, where it's just like, oh, yeah, people like this bell pepper and this really but intense I think that's what, flavor But I think that's it. what they're looking for, or that's what they were looking for, is they are looking for that bell pepper. They are looking for that big grassy note, that 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 over-the-top grapefruit, that that undercurrent of gooseberry. It's the three Gs, obviously, of uh, of Sauvignon Blanc, uh, along with green pepper. Yes. Uh, but but I think New Zealand has realized that, uh, that that Sauvignon Blanc kicked the door open for them. Now they have to, you know, bring something else to the table. Pinot Noir, for sure. That's their red grape of choice. Uh, myself, I, I tasted well, a few Pinot Noirs, but I also looked at Chardonnays, which were few and far between. Pinot Gris, which I hate, but New, New Zealand. Oh, there was some good some Pinot really Gris good though, and there was some really good Syrah. There was only three in the room, but also good. I didn't stuff. find them. You didn't find. You didn't you, taste and and here's the thing: is you sent me to them, and and I should go back to that wine writer circle tasting that we did. The Syrah. Just, I think, with the extra heat from the growing season does really well in New Zealand. Dear New Zealand vintners and vineyard managers, plant more Syrah. That's what you said. But Hawks Bay is, is and I talked to a number of winemakers uh, because I, w- I was at this, this um, I was there earlier than you were. Yes. You had an hour to taste. I was there from 1030 in the morning. Power tasting. So what they're saying is Hawks Bay in the next 10 years is going to be known for Syrah. It's the thing that New Zealand is still going to be known for Sauvignon Blanc, but Hawks Bay is going to be a region known for Syrah and they are very cool climate and it's a cool climate Syrah that you're, you're really, it's food friendly and it's got all the pepper and it's got all the fruit that you're going to want, but really it's about leather and it's about, it's about raspberry. It's, and, but it's about that pepper. It's about that acidity. It's about, matching it with some kind of food that is just going to I, I, I what food Michael what food give us some food 
your chicken. My chicken? Yeah, I do throw out that chicken. See? Some good chicken. Oh, that I reminds me. I've got to take some lamb out of the freezer nice for tomorrow. Thing. Are you really, Are you serious? What are you doing? Get, get out of your freezer. We're talking about Syrah. i got to get some lamb in there. All right, so he just threw some, uh, some lamb into the uh, sink, ladies and gentlemen. So... Did you have any favorite Pinot Noirs? That you, I know, I know, because both of us went into the New Zealand tasting with a with a different um, with a different focus. We did. I I went. <laughs> I always look for anything but Sauvignon Blanc, and still found Sauvignon Blanc, because I, my my thing is that I'm I'm I go through the tasting guide and I and I highlight all of everything that's not Pinot Noir and Sauvignon Blanc, and then sooner or later oh, somebody stop saying the C, Sauvignon Blanc. Um, and I look for anything that is not one of those two. And to, and today I, I don't know it was it seemed to be all Sauvignon Blanc and 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 Pinot Noir. So I had to taste more Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir than I wanted to because I think there was four Chardonnay, there may be five Pinot Gris, there may have been three uh, Syrah, and the rest they really were focusing back on the two key varietals that they have sauvignon blanc and pinot noir you said it right you like that better i do mr, F- mr. frenchy <laughs> um well you know what this is actually a nice segue into the first pinot that i tasted and really liked it's from a winery called toy toy and for those of us who speak french it looks like toi toi t-o-i t-o-i t-o-i, t-o-i. Yep. um i tasted this wine and honest to god i was expecting that Smucker's taste that we were talking about earlier, but this was, if you blindfolded me, I would have guessed, I would have guessed completely cool climate. I would have guessed France or Ontario. No, I like that one. Yeah. Um, Didn't make my top five. No, but... and I mean, here's the thing. It's like, it's, it's priced well. It's going to be under $30 if when, and when, when it, it makes it here, to, yeah. to vintages. But, um, Is that a box of Cocoa Puffs? Yeah, it is a box of Cocoa Puffs. Oh, All right. I have oh. Cocoa Puffs in the house. They're not as good as I thought. I'd never had them before until this week. No, neither. You know what? Ne- neither, neither is um, Frankenberry, Booberry, and Count Chocula. Change the recipe. It's just not the same. But anyway. But I still like Captain Crunch. I haven't had Captain Crunch in a long time. You got to eat it with care, or it'll cut up the roof of your mouth. Oh yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all about you know yeah. Anyways, the the toy toy, gorgeous, delicate, uh, cherry flavors well balanced a little unrefined around the edge but i mean that's fine like we're not talking about we're not talking about a 50 dollar pinot noir we're not talking about something to age or or seller i mean this is not this is not something that you're going to be drinking for every day but i mean for a good and and i think with pinot noir when we're talking bargain the price tends to move a little higher it's hard to find really good sub 20 dollar pinot noir yeah that is a tough the I, toy I, toy. I, 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 I have no problem spending twenty twenty eight or twenty nine bucks on that bottle. I, I know that Coyotes Run makes one, and and they really strive hard to make that Montario. They make but, a twenty dollar Pinot. But as great as that Pinot is, wouldn't you rather drop the coin and, and upgrade Grab, your Red Paw or Black Paw? Yeah, well, I would. I would, and you're dropping between five and ten dollars more. And you know what, my my hat. But it's a good introductory Pinot. And my hats off to the people at Coyotes Run, uh, both the winemaker and and owner, for creating a sort of a gateway a gateway wine to get into the better Pinots, but also making sure that that next step isn't out of reach. Yeah, oh, I w- I would totally agree with that. So back to New Zealand, of course. Uh, Tepa, another great Pinot. I think it was Tepa, but okay. Tepa, okay. You know what? I'm French. Get over it. Tepa, good Pinot. 
you don't know what to say. Good Pinot. It was it was it was a little heavier, a little more extracted than uh, than the Toy Toy, but I mean, it still had nice acidity. It still had a lot of bright fruit flavors. It had a bit of an earthiness and uh, a little bit more dark cherry and plum. I have, I have a teapot wine on my top five list. Oh, we're yeah. Okay, let's get off the Pinot. I, I see what's at the top of your list. Well, my top my one of my one of the the wines that I really like also from Teapot was the 2015 Pinot Gris. Apples. It just had there was a lot going on here, and I and and you know I'm not a Pinot Gris fan. I when you, it comes to when it comes to my my uh, ranking of grape varieties that I dislike, Baco Noir is usually right at the top of that list. Followed very closely by Chardonnay and Pinot Gris. And uh, Pinot Gris to me is one of the most boring grape varieties in the entire world. But if you can find really good ones, then they really stand out. And the Teapot 2015 Pinot Gris is, is, is a really lovely version of Pinot Gris. And here's what the winemaker told me. He said, they don't make it totally public, but I guess I am now interspersed in their Pinot Gris vines is some Gewürztraminer vines. So he says it makes probably about 1% of the, and it's all co-fermented, so it's 1% Gewürztraminer. And I think it just adds a lift, it adds some mouthfeel, it adds a little bit of lychee, it adds a little spice, because Gewürztraminer gets into everything. It's one of those grapes that really just kind of, it's in your face, and even 1% but- can change the, the structure but but the here's wine. the thing about this particular Pinot Gris is it's not just about the flavor for this wine, the texture. Yeah, it's just got this gorgeous like oily invasive texture. Like when this There's enters your mouth, is there, it's an invasion. And, and I don't spiciness. Mean, yeah, and it's yeah. not in a bad way. Like no, like with a lot of Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio. Like if you're drinking Pinot Grigio, I'm sorry, it's a wine that doesn't really taste like anything. It's a wine that tastes like wine. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. It's wine. Like, it, it, it's wine that tastes like wine. You can't really define it, but I mean, it doesn't mean it necessarily tastes bad. But there's not. It, it's tough to define. It's tough to uh, put your finger on. Where this Pinot Gris has some definition to it. It's got some really great apple flavors, but with that little bit of, of Gewürztraminer that's worked its way into it, it's really subtle. But trust me, it's there. The tropical flavors, the floral it, flavors. That, that, one, that one to me was the best Pinot Gris, and I tried them all on the floor today. That's the only only Pinot Gris that I can actually remember tasting. So I'm sorry, other producers, but uh, better luck next time. Uh, just to go back quickly to your Pinot Noir, um, my favorite Pinot Noir of the day came from a winery called Forest. And uh, it was the 2013 Pinot Noir from Marlboro. Uh, to me, this just had everything I was looking for in a New Zealand Pinot Noir. We had Grand Cherry. We had a hint of smoke. We had... it's fully fruited both both red a little bit of dark lust pretty floral some nice minerality there was just there was a lot going on in that pinot noir it was the kind of wine that if i wasn't at a tasting and trying to get through a lot of of wines i probably would have sat down a little bit longer and experimented with either food or just seeing how long and what it would do in the glass I didn't get a chance to taste that one. I'm sorry you didn't because you, you, you missed out on a good one. But since I got to the tasting late, you were good to kind of point me to a, a few wineries, which I, I did my best to hit all of them, but I hit a few on my own. 
But you directed me to Whitehaven. Oh, God, that was good. Now, when you sent me to Whitehaven, which wine was it you were hoping that I was going to like? Well, the one I really wanted you to get to was called The Greg. And uh, that is uh, uh, dedicated to one of the initial owners, Greg. That was good. I did taste that. That's uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And it's a single single vineyard uh, from Marlboro. From and the, and I never I never can get these these names right. It's the uh, um, Avatar Avatare Valley. Avatare, yeah, something like that. Okay, single vineyard, lovely. Not not your typical. Um, it says Greg right on the bottle. It says Greg. It's like his signature. Although I don't I don't believe Greg is around anymore. Um, but what I really liked about this wine was that pleasant white grapefruit. Uh, I love the acidity. I love the long finish, the subtle zest and pith, uh, citrus pith that was there. A touch of floral. Um, you know, we're we're looking at vines that aren't too old. They're 12 to 15 years old, um, and it's oaked for you know in older oak for three to four uh, months, and it's a and it's a um, small production. Yeah, I, I didn't notice any oak on the bottle. I'm actually surprised that you mentioned that slightly. But the important thing about that wine, and with all the things that you said, is you didn't make a note of bell pepper, nope. or grass clippings, nope. or straw. Nope. I mean, all the things you would expect from New Zealand Sauvignon it, it, Blanc. But it was, but it was beautiful that floral note that really came out. And, and there's nothing wrong with having those flavors present in the wine. And for me, there was a little bit of that herbaceousness on this wine, but it's just sort of like, hey, tropical fruit, we're here. Hey, citrus, we're here. Oh, but by the way, we're from New Zealand. So, yeah. you know, those savory flavors are there, but it's it's not like drinking what was, you might be picturing in your top. head. No. And that's what I'm, I, that's what I noticed a lot about, uh, about the Sauvignon Blancs that are starting to be Blanc. Blanc. <laughs> sorry. Oh, my God. He's going to start looking at me like this. This is why we do it in different rooms. Yep. Yep. Um, that's what I liked about it. It wasn't over the top, and and that's uh, I think about. I am liking about New Zealand these days is they are starting to realize that the world does not need the over the top. They want. But I, I mean, it, it's great because I mean, it, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of people who are going to a consumer tasting this evening yep, that are going to be expecting that over the top, which is fine. And I guess still that. there. Don't get me wrong. They're still there at the tasting. But if you're looking for something different in your Sauvignon Blanc. And and I think it's great for the producers because um, I've had a chance to do a lot of tasting in a few different countries over the past few years. And I'm tasting, you and I have both tasted from a lot of countries. And I mean, a lot of people will say that Chardonnay is a, a litmus test for the quality of a grape growing region. I mean, Chardonnay will grow like a weed. If you can't grow Chardonnay, maybe you need to think about whether or not you should be growing grapes. At all. But Sauvignon Blanc is a great way of expressing terroir. Sauvignon Blanc from different regions doesn't taste like anywhere else. Ontario, California, Chile, Argentina, New Zealand. It all tastes like Sauvignon Blanc, but it's a very different... Yeah, they always have that. There's there's something that makes it Sauvignon Blanc, but I mean, there's there's always something that's similarity. My other favorite for the day was the 2015 from Sacred Hill. I don't know if you got a chance to try it. Orange label, Sauvignon Blanc. Um, here's what I liked about it. There was a floral note. There was a tropical note. There was a melon note. There was still the grapefruit. That was all in the nose, which follows on the palate with some minerality and some great length. What Sacred Hill has done is they are looking for something other than that three Gs, the gooseberry, the grassy, the grapefruit. 
what they what they have done is they have this they're they're they've been doing this for 30 years now so that's a long time if you think about new zealand and because they're a young wine industry but they've been doing it 30 years and what they did was they've been trying to find the right yeast to make sauvignon blanc instead I, of just I trying did to make taste them. that i did taste that and I'm, I'm sorry it didn't make the cut for my top wines it was it was good but i i mean i think for both of us we went into the tasting looking for something and we're fortunate enough to find what we were looking for yeah. and it wasn't a story of cat pee smelling correct sauvignon blanc and the thing is i was even able to talk to winemakers um i'm living with a couple of cats in my apartment now and trust me when those cats stink up the litter box it smells like what in my head new zealand sauvignon blanc is supposed to taste like but this tasting put me in my place the uh my my my, my i guess my fourth my fifth i guess because we've done uh, i've done uh the teapot pinot gris i've talked about the two sauvignon blancs blanc sorry i just i just like to do that just to, to tick you off you're gonna break another glass i'm gonna break tonight. another glass uh the forest pinot noir and then what a lot of what we were talking about earlier was syrah and I, and I and I don't know if I can even pronounce the name of the winery. Oh God, Nagatarawa! Oh my God. Okay, if uh, if the owners of this winery go on Wheel of Fortune, please buy a vowel. Yeah. So Nagatarawa, um, they have gone to the extent of calling their stuff stables, which is actually the larger print on the bottle. So it's the stables. Reserve Syrah from Hawks Bay 2015. It is really pure fruit, pure, cool climate Syrah. It's very lightly oaked, 90 days is all it is in one-year-old uh, French oak. Leathery, uh, raspberry, violet, uh, lots of peppery notes, especially on the finish, some black cherry, but that's all spiced up as well. It's, it's just one of those... Syrahs that if you don't like cool climate Syrah, then you know what? You stay with Australia. But if you want to try something that is oh, going Michael, to Oh, Michael, I believe, I believe mind, those people call it Shiraz. Shiraz. Um, but if you're looking for something to really experiment with, something that's great with food because the acidity is fantastic on this, on this wine, the, the, this Stables Reserve... Syrah from Hawks Bay is just outstanding. And I can see why a lot of them are talking about Hawks Bay being a place for Syrah in the next 10 years. Because um, uh, it was just, out, it, without getting you know too effusive about it, it really was an outstanding one. And I know you told me you didn't get there. I know. Sorry. But that being said, I know I didn't get there, but um, I'm happily... I'm, I am happy to advocate for New Zealand Syrah, given what I've tasted recently. The notes are on my website, andrewinereview.ca. Um, yeah, I think this is a good place. Yeah, shameless plug, hashtag shameless. I think this is a good place where we could cap this off. I think we covered what we tasted at New Zealand uh, Tasting today. And and I, I, I was I was very impressed yet again. I, if, if for anybody who's listening from Ontario, which I guess is our core audience, yep. and anybody listening around the world, New Zealand and Ontario are very similar in their climates, but I think New Zealand really is at, at the forefront of a young wine industry that did it right. Yes. They 
came at the wine world and said, we do, they, they forced the door open with Sauvignon Blanc. They said, this is what we do. And everybody took notice. And now it's their turn to start showing other grapes that they do. Sadly, here in Ontario, I don't know what we were doing. It was more of a throw shit at the fan and see what sticks. Well, and it's like we said, I, I think um, last week our guest Donald sort of hit the nail on the head. We need a unified voice. And I think it's part of being Canadian. We need to wait for people to appreciate us outside our borders before we appreciate ourselves. And, and I mean, New Zealand, uh, New Zealanders, the Kiwis, uh, as far as I know, aren't the the fierce flag waving patriots that some other countries around the world would be but they're, they're nailing it and the thing is they are evolving with what we said like right now it's really popular to get the kick you in the face you know intense flavors from the sauvignon blanc but being at this tasting we're seeing something starting to evolve where they're going for a little bit more complexity they're going for a little bit more restraint they're going for a little bit more elegance than what you may be used to. So if you're used to drinking New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, prepare yourself. There is some elegant, the, serious wines coming down the pipe. They are definitely they are definitely changing. There are those who are making the same, same old, same old. So keep and, drinking those if you want, but be ready for... And I think it's a change for the good. And it is. And I think I think the, the, the more variety we have in that grape from this particular country, uh, I, I, think, I think the better. I'm Michael Pincus from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. That was abrupt. It, well, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm ending it. I think you wanted to, so. Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. Find me on all social media at AndreWineReview. You'll find me at The Grape Guy and Michael Pincus, depending on where I am, but check the We'll make it easy. Just check Twitter. This is going to be all over the place. I hope so. Andre, it was a pleasure tasting with you today. And Man, what's going to happen when we get to bottle number four? all not around that good night good night thank you for listening you can subscribe at twoguystalkingwine.com